In our black and white special tonight, we are being pitched in at the deep end with the crew of the HMS Compass Rose, and then we are going to be plunged right into the jungles of Burma with some of Her Majesty's finest. And then, on our roundup of our monochrome special, we'll be dropping in to look at a quirky modern throwback. Welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Hello there, I'm Sharon and you are listening to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To at Sunshine Radio at St Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. We're live in the studio here, so we're in the red brick building opposite the hospital, so if you give us a wave, you'll see us behind the walls in here. Um, in the studio with me tonight, I've got... Sean. Hello, Shawnee. Hello How are you there. today? Are yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um, yeah, I missed last week, so but it's just the two of us today. It's just so the two of us. Yeah, so, and it's a good... Uh, all the films black and white and all the films begin with the. With the, the. Yeah, we have a the, the black and white special. And I have a special request that Tozin passed on to me. Tozin can't be with us tonight because he's actually filming in the wilds of Wales. I don't know if this is one of his little jobs he does as an extra or whether he's actually filming in his job as a media Oh, yeah, if he's actually specialist. making the video, if he's, he's actually taking part. If he's part. in it. But we've been asked to give a shout-out for James, who's listening in Southampton Hospital today. So, hello, James. We hope you you enjoy the show and that if you're poorly, you get well soon. <laughs> so that's James in Southampton. Hi, James. Yeah, we travel across the water as well as around the seas. So we are speaking of seas. I'm going to play this as, a, as by way of an introduction to our our first film. But I've, you'll never guess what it is from this. But I thought this was just a fun way of dealing with what can be quite a dark topic at times. So let's get a load of this. There. I bet you weren't expecting that in a... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that either. <laughs> in a black and white special. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because they're really colourful, those yeah. guys. <laughs> well, as by way of an introduction, you can probably guess the first... Our first film that we're going to be talking about tonight is a black and white classic set in the middle of the Atlantic, in fact, the Battle of the Atlantic, and it's The Cruel Sea. And it's the film that I chose as our genuine classic. Now, to explain the format of the show tonight before we get launched into The Cruel Sea is we're going to be talking about three films. The first one is a film that we describe as a genuine classic. That's a film that is well-known, that is was popular in its day and is still popular now, and, and that it stands up to scrutiny. And our, the hallmark of our, of our show, um, They Don't Make Them Like They Used To, is based on the world of cinema before 1980. So in what we would call classic cinema. And then we're going to be looking at a film, A Hidden Gem. And this is a film that's not as well known as our classic, but in its own way stands up to the same amount of scrutiny. And for, for whatever reason, it either got lost in time or it got didn't have as big a deal in its release as the first film. But it's in its own way, it's a classic and it's worth remembering. And we're going to remind you of it tonight. And then our final film, is what we call an exception to the rule. Having said we only deal with films before 1980, this is a film made after 1980, but we think it holds up 
to those other classic films. And so we're going to be looking at a film later on as our exception. But first of all, we're going to be looking at our classic, and our classic today is The Cruel Sea, which was made in 1953. So I'll give you some little facts about it. It's based on a book by Nicholas Montserrat. It was published just after the war, but it mainly set around the period of the Battle of the Atlantic, which was... Um, 1940, 1942, that, that sort of mid-war phase and it involved the escorting of the, the merchant ships that were the lifeblood of, of Britain, that kept Britain fed and alive and armed during the war. And it was directed by a director called Charles Friend. He did a number of films and I think his most famous one alongside this one, it was Scott of the Antarctic. Oh, he did Scott of the Antarctic? Yeah. Oh, wow. So another one of those where it's quite staunchly patriotic in its own way Um, and it stars this film Jack Hawkins he's our rugged commander and it's got you name them if they're in British cinema in the late 40s they were in this film you've got Virginia McKenna Donald Sinden Stanley Baker Stanley Baker was in it yeah Yeah, it is a who's who Moira Lister Moira Lister So, yeah, there's not boys in it, but there are girls in it there's a, there's, there's, as well. You often see in these films, and I think it's like a lot of them, there's there's an actor, a British actor, called Sam Kidd. And yes. he turns up in a lot of... He's just like one of those people that that always sort of turns up in the background with a little little bit part, Yeah, you know. Um, but he's he's always there, stock, he's there. stock British actor. Yeah. yeah, you see, often you see them and you think, oh, I know him, and you, they do. You see their faces mm. and so many things, but they're never big, but they were just in that sort of stable of actors, weren't they? Yeah. But I've got a little clip to play. Now, this is a, by way of an introduction. This is the voiceover at the very beginning of the film, and it's also, I think, one of the openings from from the actual book. But I thought I'd play this just to give you a, a taste of what the, the film sort of feels like. That does go on for quite a bit longer. But <laughs> Basically, <laughs> but says the the story. Yeah, well, this no, is not of the film, but of the where you know, like the little set in the say, scene. Set, set in the scenes. Yeah. yeah. So that's Jack Hawkins, who is our our rugged commander. And so basically, the cruel sea. It's based around the crew of a an escort, Royal Navy escort, who are escorting the merchant navy ships across the Atlantic in the Atlantic convoys and it's the crew of the HMS Compass Rose well it starts off at the HMS Compass Rose and it's their main their main foes in the Battle of the North Atlantic were the German U-boats and there's quite a telling scene um, it does feature in the trailer as well that you know, they come across a merchant shipment has been torpedoed and they're on the hunt for the U-boat that sunk it and they can see these merchant seamen in the water and they then get a ping on the U-boat. Sonar. Yeah. The sonar, So, so what it is, yeah, Ping sends out sim because that's, that's what, basically it's to submarines because as we know, you know, we always hear about the Battle of the Atlantic yeah. there's lots and lots of German submarines 
and uh, these patrol vessels they were to take care of the submarines really yeah to keep them to keep them at bay so mm. they stopped them from picking off the merchant ships the merchantmen yeah. and so you they you find this scene where they a merchantman has been sunk and they've they've found the the u-boat un- lying sort of still under the water but then there's these crewmen uh, in the water waving and shouting for help and the u-boat is underneath them and so you have this moral quandary do you go for the u-boat or do you go for the survivors and the captain has to make that decision that the greater good is not to save six men it's to try to take out this u-boat and then potentially save 600 6,000 however many That's men it. I think I think what it is as well the difficult thing is that they think the U-boats under the men that have so that so the U-boats like sunk the ship and the men and they're saying well the U-boats still here and you say well what about picking up the men and the trouble is I guess if they were to pick up the men the U-boat would would get would, away or take so, them yeah, out take them out as well yeah well I have a look I know I this is the thing it's with harrowing scene it's harrowing stuff <laughs> and the thing about I know with every war film I say oh my uncle was there <laughs> but I, I I had ten uncles so and uncles in, in law through marriage. So I did have one of my uncles was on in, um, he was a merchant Navy seaman in the Battle of the Atlantic and he was torpedoed twice oh. and he survived the war. And he then went on to be a captain of the, Sev- the Seven King, which was the little ferry that used to take people across the River Seven where before they built the Seven Bridge. So he did survive the Battle of the Atlantic and he then took on the mighty River Seven. Wow, that's that's. <laughs> But that's my Uncle yeah. Jack. So my Uncle, I, when I think of these things, I think of these, these merchant navy men. Because Uncle Jack was too young to join up in 1939. He was only 16. Uh-huh. And he wasn't going to be left behind. So he joined the merchant navy, which would take you at 16 with your parents' consent. So Uncle Jack, one of my other uncles joined the regular army. My dad was in the regular army. One of my other uncles in the regular army. The others joined up at the beginning of the war. But Uncle Jack was not going to be left behind at 16. So he joined up the merchant navy. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so he saw he was he was pitched in the thick of it. <laughs> and uh, what's ironic? My granddad, my grandpa Lionel, grandpa Lionel, you know him as to ripe old age. He he actually joined the navy, and I think he was fourteen. So he went through the first world war, and he went through the the second world war as well. And uh, granddad on me, uh, um, dad's side, he was in the merchant navy as oh, well. Oh right, so, so you yeah, had a... so so I mean, I often look at the little medals they get. Yeah. Know, so. So yeah, because they weren't recognised in that they weren't allowed to take part in the the, the Remembrance Day walk, were they? For a long time, the long march time. That's right. to the Merchant Navy men weren't because they weren't one of the services. But they often they were very very brave men. So yeah. it, was, it was right that they were recognised. No, about ten years ago now or more, but they were finally recognised a bit late. But yeah. yeah, so it's really I think it's a very moving film because you think it depicts events that are touched all of our lives. I mean, we live on an island and lots of people join the navy from the island. They do, yeah. yeah they it's did in the past. They do now still. Yeah. I've got friends whose two sons are in the navy, <laughs> and it sort of really touches, speaks to you, doesn't it, when you hear um, about these stories and then you see it depicted. You think. The, the weather, you know, they're battling the yeah, weather. Some of the, some of the weather was horrendous, especially weather, the North this, Atlantic. The North, were, yeah. The convoys, because as well as convoys coming from America, they're also convoys going to Russia from yes. from us. And they, they, you know, I mean, when you see some of the old World War Two footage of well, they're dripping uh, yeah, in they're ice dripping and snow, ice, aren't yeah. they? You can't believe how they were, and their primitives, because uh, the primitive conditions on board for those men. I know my uncle contracted tuberculosis when he was at sea, mm. so you think that must have been rough, mustn't yeah, it? If you're going to get that ill on sh- uh, board ship, ship yeah. 
and yeah so I this film when you you, you and it, it has the commander obviously Jack Hawkins but it also you see these the crewmen don't you yeah yeah there's and a lot of crewmen in it yeah they, they you see their lives and how the, the Battle of Atlantic wasn't won by like one commander making one decision it was by these these crews of men yeah. working together suffering together and then enduring these these dreadful things together yeah that's right and I mean that, that particular scene which I think is probably you know says the whole film as you can yeah. see on Jack Hawkins and he plays a great part and he can't pick up the survivors and you can see on his face that it's such such a uh, decision for him that it really really affects him and yeah. I think there's even even a case where one of his crew one of his crew shouts murderer yeah. you know I, I think that's the bit in there and he just carries on he feels and, it yeah. yeah and I mean I mean because it was always one of the laws of the sea wasn't it that you picked up doesn't matter what side they were yeah. on if you had some men in the water you Got them so, out of the water. Yeah, you went. You went to the. I mean, I think that's maritime. That, sort yeah, of it. maritime law. That's right. Anybody, yeah. if anybody sends out a mayday or SOS or whatever they call them, they have to. You know, any ships in the area, they head that way. You know, but yeah, I mean, but what a cast of actors in this yeah. as well. I mean, it's just great. And I'm going to have to mention Stanley Baker. Yes, he plays a bit of a curmudgeon in this, doesn't he? Or yeah, is he a bit of a. He's like an officer. He's like a mid, yeah. mid, midshipman who's. Uh, um, yeah, he's like a middle officer, if you will. But uh, they sort of, you know, they respect Jack Hawkins. They really, really, I, I don't know what his name was in the book, what the, in the film, sorry, the captain's name, Jack Hawkins' name. Do you know? It's escaped me. Yeah, that's me too. But I anyway. Had, I, you know, I was just Captain, reading about it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Stanley Baker. I mean, he's, he's, he's one of my favourite actors. It's a shame he, he died when he did because he's been in some great films. I yeah. mean, he was in the Guns of Navarone and... Well, Zulu, wasn't it? I mean, he produced Zulu's Zulu. what we stands out yeah. for. Yeah, yeah we yeah. all know him for that. For that, yeah. And he was in a, a good film called Robbery, which ah. was like base, which is which is great. Which oh, I, I might have to bring that as as a classic because it's it's a British film and and it's all big three point five liter Jags and they they do a bank robbery and they're all held up. Yeah, yeah. So I bad. think what stands out about some of these films that were made in the fifties, obviously, it was close enough to the war that they have a respect for the subject matter. Sure. That I sort of think later on we were sort of less reverent towards it because it's not a, that close a sacrifice for us anymore. But I think I like that. And the fact that it's British and it's a British story and it's like the British Navy is yeah. one of the things I like about it. Because when we look at sort of war films maybe in the last 20 years... It's all land forces, aren't It's yeah, all land forces. Like, yeah. you, the Navy rarely gets a look in, does it? And certainly the British Navy doesn't. It no. tends to get overlooked. But most of these films, like, you know, the, what was the one about when the Americans hijacked our Enigma code thing? Oh, yeah, U521 or something. Yeah. something and like it's that. like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the British Navy in this film? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> the Royal Navy, I should say. We keep British Navy, the Royal Navy. The Royal Navy, that's it. They are the senior service, yeah, after all. We after need to all. give them their due titles. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. But in the film as well, the. Yeah, the, the crew of the Compass Rose, they themselves, or going back to that, that iconic scene, they themselves are torpedoed later on in the film and mm. then they have that thing where they they lose a lot of their pals and they get rescued and then they, they go out to sea on another. I think it's called the Saltash, Salt, Saltash Castle or something. That's it, yeah, Saltash. HMS Saltash yeah, Castle. Castle. Yeah. And using a real Royal Naval Frigate at the time. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Porchester Castle, I think it was called. Anyone out there who ever served on any of these vessels, it was they they filmed on HMS Porchester Castle, and yes, yeah, so they have that experience themselves of being the vulnerable ones and mm. then being at the mercy of other people out at sea. Yeah, but yeah, it's a great film, and I do like these British films of the fifties. And we were just saying earlier before the the we went on air 
that this you could sort of clump this in the little group of sort of Royal Navy films yeah. that were made at a similar period because I was getting them all muddled up in my head. But there was Above Us the Waves, Above Us the Waves, yep, sub film which deals with submarines, and then In Which We Serve, yeah. And I, I like In Which We Serve as well. That was a toss up between. In my head, I get a bit of confused between mm. the two. But in, in In Which They Serve is where they get torpedoed, and then you see each crew member who's on the lifeboat. You sort of get a flashback, and you That's see it. their lives or what led yeah. them to this point. And like I think and one, I think the, someone's wife's having an affair or something. Yeah. And, and you've got the bosun, which I think is. is that, his, that's not John Mills, is no, it? No, it's no. John Mills is one of the characters, but yeah, I think the sergeant. That there's, I think it's a sergeant, but he goes round. You know, the officer goes round and sort of because because he's getting drunk because he's found his wife's hand. But yeah, there's yeah. all those stories, and it's really really good stories. And I think the black and white gives an atmosphere. It as well. does actually. I really really think these films yeah. work well in black and white because it gives you that that dark austere. And you, it feels cold, doesn't it? it Where especially those cold. scenes at sea, mm. you feel that. Maybe it's the colour palette. They don't use. They use all greys, don't they? They mm. don't use any sort of sort of yellowy tones. tones it's all no. those yeah. hard, colder tones. So you feel that cold water, <laughs> and you yeah. feel those those you know, dreadful waves as they come. They're fighting the elements and fighting yep. for their country at the same time. They are exactly yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's another good film in which we serve. Maybe we should talk about that sometime. Yeah, that would be another so, one. Yeah. yeah, with again, John Mills. I'm surprised that John Mills wasn't in this one. No, <laughs> I know. Perhaps he was somewhere. <laughs> but he did Who pop knows? up in a lot of these war films. That Again, I think he adds that character to them because, yeah, he's like this plucky little Englishman, isn't he? Indeed, yeah. And I think, it, yeah, it, it really shows. And in the film you're going to talk about later, Richard Todd is Richard in it as Todd, well. Richard Todd, yeah, Richard and he, Todd sort of shone didn't he in these war roles yeah. where he plays like that the plucky I always remember him I, I think for well he was in the Dan Busters wasn't he yes he played she played Guy Gibson and I always remember him the longest day because yes, he's like the commandos and where they take Pegasus Bridge and he's yeah. thinking to himself goes hold until relieved <laughs> hold until relieved I don't know if you remember that bit yeah. and they're, they're, they're holding the Pegasus Bridge and then they hear the bagpipes after, you know, right back there, you know. Yeah, they're coming. Yeah, they're coming. yeah was he wasn't wasn't he one of the few actors actually, who actually did serve he and was, was in yeah. D Day? He, he did actually serve. Yeah, he was he was in the army. I think he was. Uh, yeah, I think he was. Um, an was new commando well. or something. Yeah, he was in the film. I don't think yeah, he was a commando. A real in life. The, yeah, but he certainly. Did I think he. I don't know Argyle so. and Southern Highlanders or something like that. Oh, I had a friend who was in them. My police officer I used to work with. Did he you? was in the Argyle and Southern yeah, Highlanders. Yeah, was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you when cool. you when you have my dad's regiment was the King's Own Royal Regiment. Was it? And so when you have a regiment that's close to your family, you know its history and you know its yeah. its honours and you know its stuff. So I was I know a lot about the Argyle and Sutherland. Yeah, all oh, right, <laughs> okay. More than I should do. I I remember that. I think David Niven was in them as well, wasn't he? Yes, he I was. Think reading the yeah. reading that book because didn't he write on when he joined up? I want to be in anything but the other <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he, did, and he yeah. said there was a, the, someone at the I, war office who was funnier than yeah. I was. <laughs> I think that's in his book, The Moon's a Balloon, which yeah. is it, it's a, which is a good autobiography, I think. It is me. one of the best ones, I think. Or bring on the empty early. horses. Yeah, I'm not sure which. There's two, two, but anyway. Yeah, the, his early Hollywood career. Anyway, that was the Cruel Sea. Any final thoughts on the Cruel Sea? Just that it's a really, really good watch. The the particular scene we mentioned, which I think stands out, you know, it's it's quite harrowing and it makes you think of of how and the acting is is first class. I mean, Jack Hawkins, you can actually feel his when he has to leave those guys. You can actually see he he actually gives the emotion that he's like he's fighting with himself. You know, yeah. it's really, really affected him. But he just knows that if he doesn't do this, he's either going to get destroyed or you know. 
So. Yeah, this is one of the ones you want to uh, like a ra- if it's going to rain this weekend. If it's a rainy Sunday afternoon, you want to be able to put your feet up, let the world disappear, and watch one of these yeah, classic indeed. old black and white war films. Indeed. Yeah. So we're going to go from one classic black and we white war film to one, one that's maybe not quite so well known. <laughs> but by way of an introduction, I thought again I'd play us a little bit of music because I think this, if you know this song, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone out there of a certain age will know this song, um, and you'll probably be able, might be able to guess the name of the film from this song as well. So listen to this by George Foreman. and W.O.1s Bless all the corporals and their blinking sons Cause we're saying goodbye to them all As back to their billets they crawl You'll get no promotion this side of the ocean So cheer up my lads, bless them all Nobody knows what a twerp you have been So cheer up my lads, bless them all Boom, boom Boom, 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 boom now, I defy you not to be whistling that for the rest of the evening. Every <laughs> I time know. I hear that, I, want to, I do end up singing it. So that was an introduction to our film today. So do you want to tell us about it, Sean, your next one? Yeah, the next film, as I say, it's Black and White, Second World War, and it's The Long and the Short and the Tall. So this film is, I'm, I'm sure people have heard of it, it was actually released in America as Jungle Fighters. I suppose the Americans wouldn't. They wouldn't get George the song Fulman. reference, no. no. Like, what? <laughs> What's that all about? But anyway, so yeah, the long and the short and the tall in this country, Jungle Fighters, it was released in, in the US. I don't think it did particularly well as as a movie. You know, I don't think it took a lot of money, but it's based on a play and the, the play was written by Willis Hall um, and I've actually seen this on the stage. Oh, I've, I've, I've seen it a couple of times on the stage, yeah, and I've actually, like, like there's a certain scene in the film where all the, the, the soldiers are arguing amongst themselves. Um, so when I saw the film as well, I could sort of relate to it. And uh, a great cast of actors. Um, basically, the story is about, uh, there's a patrol of soldiers. They're like, um, what they call they, they call them psyops now. They're, they're yeah. trying to listen in to, to signals and that. And they're in the Burmese jungle. Um, and they sort of take shelter in a, a tin mine and their radio's that they can't get the radios to work and they happen to find a Japanese scout if you will and they take him prisoner so they've got this two dilemmas now they've got the dilemma the radios don't work and what are they going to do with this Japanese soldier so you know some people want to kill him and some say no you can't do that and so it's it's there's lots of confrontation and you get the arguments you've got great actor called plays Private Bamforth which is um, Lawrence Harvey, which I like as an actor, but I think he died quite young. I, he I did die young, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, he plays this Cockney. There's always a Cockney, isn't there? There's yeah. In this patrol, there's always a Cockney. There's but a it's Scottish like Lawrence guy. Harvey as a Cockney. We well, yeah. always think of him as being a bit of a toff, don't you, really? You do. Yeah, he sounds smoothie. a bit... It sort of changes. I think his accent changes a bit between Australian and South Africa. Yeah. Try to be <laughs> the only, yeah, the only <laughs> one who... who Apples and pears. Yeah, yeah that's it's it. not quite there. Yeah. It's not quite there. He's... Um, so he's. I think Lawrence Harvey's more for playing toffs. Now on the play, I didn't see the the play with Richard Todd and um, Peter O'Toole played Bamforth. And when Richard Todd agreed to take the part, he thought that they were going to use Peter O'Toole mm-hmm. as Bamforth. But 
they used Lawrence Harvey and they didn't particularly get on 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 the movie and also another actor Richard Harris so to harem scarum drinkers drinkers yeah yeah and, and Richard Todd Re- was not of that ilk no. was he but even Richard Harris and Lawrence Harvey absolutely hated each other so you've got so uh, to me that contributed to some of the, yeah, the atmosphere in the film the yeah. tension in the film so it's uh as i say and the, again the black and white gives it that atmosphere david mccallum's in it Ilya Kuryak, yeah. he plays like a he, he's he in plays ncis the, now is he yeah. <laughs> he plays one of the you know like not yeah, the, too the, the not too um what should we say you know he's not too soldierly if you will yeah. but you know a bit meek perhaps but he's the one that controls all the the radio then, operator. Yeah. You've got Ronald Fraser, who plays the jock, Scottish bloke, who's a little bit thick, I hate to say it, <laughs> but they sort of play him as being like, yeah. I think there's one bit where he says, oh, I'm the only clever one here, I'm the only one who takes orders, you know, because all <laughs> yeah. these others are arguing. They're fighting the about what to do, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and there's a few, you know, all, all the while, while this is going on, what they're deciding to do, you've got this poor little Japanese guy, and he's getting out photos of his family yeah. and stuff and all that, and says, and... And there's sort of this vault face where it's Bamforth who's all for yeah for, for, popping him for popping him and doing him in suddenly turns all around and says well no we can't look he's got you know so um I guess these movies where there's a bunch of guys I think I've said this before it's in whatever situation I always always appeals to me you know films like Wild Bunch Magnificent Seven it's all all to do with you know the, yeah the dynamic the di- exactly right mm. yeah that's a word exactly the dynamics so so yeah, lots of atmosphere in this film. Not a lot of action for, for, for no, because when you said it was based on a play, that mm. makes sense, doesn't it? Because when yeah. you what I've seen the film not that long ago, and it's there's sort of been a hut, isn't it? It's spent a lot of the time in like a hut. Hut, that's right. It is, or in yeah. the, and the sort of clearing outside of the hut. So it is when they're in the hut, though. It is very stagey. You can see how that would work on a on, on a stage. stage yeah, because because as I say, originally yeah. it was a play, and it's quite intense, isn't it? It's like oh, this enclosed. Yeah claustrophobic inten- yeah, this intensity to everything that's going on around them that's it yeah as I say that's what I don't know why in America they released it as jungle fighters because there's that, not a lot of jungle fighting there's, in there's it there's not a lot of jungle fighting in it really it's more of a you know it's more, more of a sort of set piece in, in, mm. in one area but uh, all, all the actors are great back to Ronald Fraser you ever seen a film called The Wild Geese I think we actually yes. did this yeah Absolutely. he's in that he plays He's in that as a jock. Yeah. He's like jock. Oh, you're like jock. You know, he's. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Good, know. You know, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So we we I've seen the Wild Geese many a time because yeah. obviously it's an army film. So uh, army, like army army people films. in our family, my yeah. dad and all these brothers. So yeah, we always had those films on the loop. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think this is really because I mean people know of the film. I think, but it's not. You know, it didn't didn't do particularly well. No, it doesn't. Well yeah, no. it's occasionally you see it just pop up on an afternoon. It does, yeah. It's on, on, a, on the television. Yeah. And and it's definitely worth watching and uh, the play itself is worth watching. I don't think they actually, they probably don't do it now. It's probably, it's funny with, with some plays, they sort of fall out of grace, don't they? Yes, they do. Off. I think they and become come fashionable back. and then they revive them and they go, why haven't we shown this play for like 30 years like Terence Rattigan plays they, they're very very popular when they were first made and then they would just disappeared for 30 years and then suddenly they start doing the Winslow Boy again or the Browning yeah, version or that's right they sort of they, yeah, yeah they suddenly they, think oh, these are really good plays that's, that's right yeah. <laughs> why aren't we doing them and I think yeah because I think they say oh that's of its time and it's like no it isn't actually the emotions they describe 
the dilemmas like these soldiers faced you can relate to those dilemmas do you is it more expedient to get rid of this prisoner or do you do the right thing yeah that's it because it would be less complicated to not have a japanese prisoner when you're on a a patrol when there's only about eight of you and then it means two of you've got to guard him so that means you're down to six on your patrol and if there's one one japanese about that means there's going to be a lot more about yeah Yeah. and if yeah and if he doesn't cooperate and they're not supposed to in their culture you don't surrender or you don't be taken prisoner then you've got yourself a, a whole lot of problems. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. You, can you? I don't know if you can pronounce his name better than I can. The Jap- the guy who plays a Japanese soldier. The guy who plays a Japanese soldier. Um, I don't know, but I can sort of try, I guess. I think his name is Kenji Takaki. 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 Oh, so you know him, Kenji Takaki. Well, he's an interesting character, actually, an interesting actor, because I think I've mentioned him before because he was the prison guard turning the role around in a town like Alice. Oh, right. Okay. He's the sergeant who guards the women when all of the, when they, he's the, they fall out of favour and he's like the one sergeant who's left in charge of all of them. And he gets ill and then the women look after him and they end up carrying his rifle for him and carrying his pack and they look after him. And oh. he has a picture of his wife and family and he's, I think it's called something like Kojo or something in there uh, or something like that and they're like going, oh look at your picture look at your wife and family you've got to live for them and he like he's he's lost face and he's lost all honour so he just turns his face to the wall and he doesn't want to live anymore but they have this complete role reversal but he as a man interestingly was a prisoner of war himself but he was a prisoner of war in France and he wasn't didn't fight for Japan he fought for America no for Britain for Britain yeah I think he was in some he was I can't remember if he was in the Royal Navy or in the Army but he was a prisoner of war in France wow. but he was a he'd moved to Britain as a younger man and he was basically had got a British passport so he was but he played in all these late 40s early 50s films he's often the go-to Japanese, Japanese. actor they went to yeah, so he does like, pop up in a lot of like war Burke films Hulk is the Chinese yeah, guy yeah the Chinese guy yeah he yeah. was like the Japanese guy so yeah, yeah I, he's best known if you know the, if you know the film A Town Like Alice he is the sergeant in A Town Like Alice so when you see him in this it's like going, it's him ah, that's <laughs> my cool. pal that's so cool. I always think it's an interesting yeah that he often plays either prison guards or prison himself when he was a prisoner of war of yeah. the Germans but with the Japanese and there was actually and there's actually a film and I can't remember what the film's called but there's a film about there was a Japanese like um, company that actually fought in Europe for America. There was, you know, they did recruit yes. American Japanese sort of thing because I think in the Second World War the, the Japanese had quite a hard. The actual ones in that America lived in Hawaii and, yeah, had a hard time because they time. were um, interned, interned, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. And they you were. think that was and that basically it was on racial lines, wasn't it? They were yeah. interned purely because they were Japanese because yeah. they didn't intern German nationals in no, America or Italian or Italians. <laughs> so but they did intern yeah. lots of Japanese yeah. and they people who had no, no connection still Japan I know do so you think that's a quite shocking episode yeah, in the history it really it is but we probably have our, our same shameful episodes we as do. well we have I'm to sure say we have. true but I was just looking at a couple of things here and it said um uh Todd loathed making this film so Richard <laughs> Todd loathed making this film however oh as he didn't get along with Lawrence Harvey, in an interview many years later, he said, I didn't enjoy working with Lawrence Harvey. I took it for granted that they would cast Peter O'Toole, who was marvellous on stage, but they said they wanted a name. So oh. obviously... So but you would have thought that now we think now, of Peter O'Toole as the yeah. name. But perhaps at that time he yeah, was... Yeah, before yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. Before Lawrence of Arabia, obviously. So he would have been just another jobbing actor, an Irish jobbing actor mm. at that. And Richard Harris later claimed Todd would stand on top of mounds of dirt to seem as tall as his co-stars so from that i would assume he uh, 
which at the top must be quite a he's not he's not huge is he when you see him he is one of these sort of compact solid 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 guys yeah yeah probably sort of five nine five ten if that Hmm. but one of these tough guys but who isn't massive because we tend to think of you know everyone as being you know six foot and strapping but do. most of the british army weren't were they because no. we're not a tall race as a, no, as a whole my dad it. was only like five seven i think was he yeah and he was an rsm so when they when you hit the yeah. song it's like bless them all and all the sergeant yeah. it'll pay for your bus fare home as well <laughs> my dad used to sing that all the time that song did he because <laughs> he was the rsm and he used to sing as well kiss me good night sergeant major because it made him laugh that he was a sergeant <laughs> you know like tuck me in my own little bed and all that That's but yeah that yeah Ask the sergeant major, and he'll give you a leave, and he'll yeah. also pay for your bus fare. Home. Of course, they're warrant officers, aren't they? They, they mentioned yeah. the warrant officers, so that's there's, right. there's two classes, isn't there? Or maybe even three, I think. The warrant officer, sergeant major. Yeah. You've got, a, you know. You've got the different classes, but yeah, the RSM is the regimental sergeant major. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's he's yeah. And they always they always the have their pace sticks, don't they, under their yeah. arm? Like, My dad had his stick. <laughs> What's your name, boy? Yeah, when my dad died, that's one thing my brother asked for. He said, can I have Dad's swagger stick? Because it still had the regimental crest on the end and the wow. brass knob at the bottom. And, yeah, if you got on the wrong side of him, you'd get a flick of the, the old swagger stick. That's it. It was I, always propped up against next to our fireplace. Did they used to have, like, a yard stick as well, like yes. a pace stick. Where yeah. was, that, was that the same thing? Or was they that, had the long stick if you were doing stick. parade, yeah. because yeah, they'd measure the, the, the yeah. paces or whatever. I was taught how to do um the... the uh, bayonet drill with uh, with oh my, my dad's case <laughs> i'd have to stay away from you then i don't think the i'd be able to do bayonet drill now but i used to be able to you know yeah. you know fix bayonets shoulder <laughs> of course present, that's the one and all that. that's the one order in the british army where they say fix bayonets and they fix on the word bayonets yeah. don't they they don't fix on the word fix they fix on the word yeah and on the bait yes yeah i remember that so yeah we used to play that I used to get us lined up me and my two brothers because my mum used to work Shoulder nights off. when i was a child oh, so yeah. it was just me my dad and two brothers growing up in the 70s because your mum wasn't around in the 70s <laughs> so yeah you've got us doing all sorts of things but yeah we learned sword drill and that the, the, the bayonet drill oh yeah <laughs> and the words of bless them all <laughs> <laughs> oh excellent excellent so it was a good, but yeah, the long and the short and the tall. Tall, yeah, long and the short and the tall is is it's it's worth a watch. I it think. is a bit of a hidden gem, yeah, though, is it? it? But is. it is worth it if yeah. you've got the you've got to be a bit patient with it because it mm. is quite intense. If you're going, to, oh, if yeah. you're expecting a lot of dr- action in fighting and sword play, it's not going to happen, is it? In this no, particular it's not film, at all. not at all. But Lawrence Harvey, do you, how, how do you rate Lawrence Harvey? See, I like him. I think of him more as being like a good-looking smoothie who was a bit of a roisterer with Peter O'Toole and those yeah. ones who... And Richard Burton, I think, think of him in that school. Yeah, yeah. And when you think of his acting, you think, yeah, what films was he really famous for? I mean, you really have to think hard, don't you? But he was in The Alamo, wasn't he? He played Colonel Travis. That's it, was Colonel that was Travis the, in yeah, The Alamo. Colonel Travis in The Alamo. And was he in um, Saturday Night and Sunday Morning or was it Man yes. at the Top? Or was it... It was one of the... I always get the confused. The Outshape Room, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did in those sixties. The kitchen did a few kitchen sink dramas, as they called them, didn't he? He did. Yeah, room at the top. That's room it. at the yeah. top. Room yeah. at the top. It was. Yeah, I remember. I, I think that's probably when he started to get noticed, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I remember him as being particularly good-looking. He was so he was so handsome, wasn't he? He was. Not yeah. that you. I guess, not that I would know on <laughs> that would, sort of thing. I often wonder that. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, he must be good. But you mentioned Richard Burton, right? Yes. I asked my mum ages ago about with all the actors and that you know rock cast and that she goes oh I, I used to quite like Richard Burton I was like what because I always think Richard Burton he's got like it's not perfect he's not, he's not, he's not Lawrence Harvey is beautiful yeah and Richard Burton is handsome yeah that's but, but ruggedly she, handsome she, yeah 
and she said that voice that yes. voice you know yeah. so but it's quite funny because i was expected as said someone like lawrence harvey yeah. or Elvis Presley, or she says, "Oh, you're Richard Burton." I'm like, "No, because it's when people ask you about that time, they think, what's your favourite actor?'" And you think that you think of the sort of who's got the most charisma. Often, it isn't the prettiest ones. No, it's not. It's not. And you think they're quite different. But my mum's favourite actor, when we were growing up, we always knew it was um, Jeff Chandler. Yeah, my sister. My sister likes Jeff Chandler. He was in all the Cochise movies, all the yeah. Indian movies. He was, a, he? he was the original Silver Fox, I think, because he did get prematurely grey, but he was really handsome. Yeah. And he's in, yeah, quite a few. He's in a he few. Plays, he's in a few US Navy films, isn't he? In he the is, war films. Yeah. Jeff Chandler. I, I like Jeff Chandler as an actor. Yeah. As I say, I, I know there was a few films where he used to play Cochise. You know, like yes, the I wise, remember. Yeah. The wise Indian, you know. Where they had to that rugged look, yeah. and I, I did have a funny, funny little funny story about um, Jeff Chandler. When we were, I was working at the police station, we had to, we were told a phone drill. We had to go through all through phone training, where you had to answer the phone and you had to give your department and you had to give your name in full. And a few of the officers were like, "I'm not going to do that." And so one person in particular over at Shanklin, whenever he answered the phone, he'd say, "Hello, Shanklin front desk." This is, and he would give a different actor. So he would say, "Hello, this is Rex Barker speaking," or "This was, you know, Johnny Weissmuller here." <laughs> and I said, and he, I said, "Johnny Weissmuller, are you in Tarzan?" Yeah, and yeah. I said, "Well, when you become Jeff Chandler, could you give me a ring?" <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was a funny guy, and yeah, so we, yeah, we used to Jeff Chandler. He's always yeah got a fond place in my heart, as well as yeah Lawrence Harvey too. Lawrence I think. Harvey. Mm. Yeah, I think he was very popular with the ladies. He had that, yeah, he's definitely got yeah, the look. Right. So that was the long and the short and the tall, and that was our hidden gem. So we recommend that you check that out. if you, When you get home from hospital, I'm sure you will do soon, and you may want to put your feet up without you know, taking too much strain, yeah, put on a good black yeah. and white film. They really are worth exploring again. I think sometimes we tend to think, oh, they're old films, but no, I would say, yeah, check them out, because they really it's, are good. Do you know what's really difficult is to get youngsters to watch black and white films? Yeah. yeah it's really, really difficult. They won't even give them... So no, the time some, of day. They won't even give them the time of day. They won't give them a chance. They're like, that's black and white. <laughs> they don't know what it's black and white for. Yeah. You know, it's, it's but once you start, but once you get that love for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, you... I mean, the Lord of the Flies, a prime example. Yeah. Got amazing film. Amazing, amazing film. film. That's black and white. And they did a colour version, didn't they? Yeah. Well, if you, like, if you do, if they do the book at school, yeah. you know, for, for English, they can't, if you was to put on the, the, black and white version which I think is far superior it's, it's, they're uh, like it's, oh well, do you know what I mean compare. but you put on the colour one yeah they're, they're more compare. than happy it doesn't compare at all even the characterisations of the boys doesn't compare Tot at all no totally no so that's our rant about in favour of black yeah. and white films yeah we would say yeah please please don't dismiss it because it's not in Technicolor, it is worth it, it is it's worth, worth checking it out and this last film we're going to be looking at was almost like a I can't say it was a revival because it was just one film, but it was made relatively recently. Yeah. And this was the artist. It was the artist. Yeah. No, won the Oscar. Little, yeah, won the Oscar. Oscar only yeah. what about Best four picture. years ago? Yeah, about twenty eleven. Yeah. So I'm going to play a little piece of music from the artist, just to get us in the mood. And this is um, where, yeah, I just this is just a medley of some of the music that's to give you yeah. the feel of what they tried to do with this one. But this wasn't just black and white. This no. was silent as well. Silent as so, well, exactly. God, a double whammy. A, a 2011 fi film made in 2011, which was black and white and silent, and, silent. and won the Best Picture Oscar and the yeah. Cannes and the Palm d'Or. It's just, yeah, yeah wow, people. So you're going to tell us all about it after okay. this. Okay, well, I hope so. <laughs>
Now, that was a little medley from the artist. So tell us all about it, Shawnee. OK, the artist, basically, this is this is film. It's sort of the year's 1927, and there's this, this silent actor who's, like, top of his game. He's, like, really super... You know, he's like the the, the massive thing. George Douglas Valentine Fairbanks. is no more. Well, funnily enough, the character of this film is based on Douglas Fairbanks and John Gilbert. Oh, right. So that should tell you something. Because they were the silent film based. stars. They were the Douglas fi- Fairbanks Jr., but Douglas Fairbanks Douglas Sr. Fairbanks himself, yeah. And uh, so it was based on both of those were like swashbucklers. So he's like the, the, the hero, you know. And then he's, he's outside for a press conference one day and this, this young girl just happens to drop her bag uh, makes her way through the crowd gets up and sort of pecks him on the cheek and all the press are like who's that girl who's that girl who's that girl and so she decides that what she's going to do is apply to be a dancer in one of the productions of the studio where this George Valentine is and she she becomes oh yeah Malcolm McDowell's in this oh is he yeah and he's like gone... a really old old director and she ah. goes and dances for him he goes oh yeah you're hired and then they sort of meet up and they, she starts to become a big star as well, big musical star. And of course, this is getting towards the end now, where uh, the talkies are starting to come in. So they get into the talkies film, and she suggests about doing a musical together. Why don't we do one together? You know, and, and uh, he's he's like, no, no, silent films, talkies, are nothing. So and basically. The studio say we're going over to talkies, so he says. So well, when they quit. say this, is it? Do they have like speech oh, yeah, cards? Oh yeah, they have the, speech, the way they yeah, used to exactly. have them, the black was, and white I, speech I cards. I should have explained that. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So when when you when you get any dialogue, it's all the cards come up and it says, you know, no, you know. And, uh, <laughs> of course, there's a little little dog in it as well that turns up. And he's a very cute little dog, little Jack Russell, isn't he? And so, but so basically, she becomes this big star, and and so he leaves the studio, and he tries to make this silent film. You know, this so he hires other people, and he uses a lot of his own money, so he becomes, you know, quite destitute at the end. And it's quite funny. Um, Douglas Fairbanks and and John Gilbert, they they both declined when the talkies came in, and and they reckon in Gilbert's case it was a squeaky voice. They reckon, you yeah. know. John Gilbert had a real squeaky voice and yeah, probably wouldn't it, have come across. Does he really or does it just not pick up well on the mic? Well, because you think when they yeah. say that you think like David Beckham's sort of squeaky high voice maybe that wouldn't translate well on a wouldn't translate well in an old fashioned mic yeah. would it? But this so this is done in like I mean we're talking black and white and I mean some of the we must have all seen some of the black and white films like the Chaplin films and, yeah. and Harold Lloyd all those sort of films so it's done in that vein you know with the the, the Obviously, a lot better quality because the Charlie Chaplin films you see flicker a bit, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> just age, whereas this is like pristine, high definition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. Um, and uh, when you've watched the film, did you like the actor? I forget what the actor's name is. Uh, the he's a friend. He was in that film yes, recently with the. He was in Monuments Men, wasn't mm, he? Jean Jean Dujardin, is it? Jean Dujardin, yeah. Jean Dujardin. There you go. I knew Jean Dujardin. Yeah. I, th- I think he won a Palm d'Or and Os- I mean, did he win the Oscar for Best Actor? Or was it? I think he did. Yeah, I think he won the Oscar. There, there was loads of awards. All the different, you know, all the all the companies that give out awards. They were all, they, you know, it won so many. And mm. 
you know, it sounds, oh no, silent film. Why would I want to watch a silent film? Yeah, see, I struggled with this because I... You did, did you? I haven't seen it all the way through because I watched the trailer and it was trying my patience a little bit, even after about three minutes. I thought, if I've got the tension of Dory, then I'm not going to be able to sit through this and half. But maybe if you (laughs) give it time, it's one of those films that you you adapt to it and you mm. you soak it in. Because I remember watching... A completely different type of film. Did you see it at the cinema, or did you? No, no I only see, saw the trailer. It's, it's like like the Barry yeah, Lyndon you film. You have in. to you have yeah. to see it. At the, I think it's I one of those. I remember watching watch Passion of the Christ, and none of that is in English at all. It's all in Hebraic and in Latin, and there's it's all all, all subtitled. So when people said to me, Are "You going to go and see it?" and one of my friends was saying, "I'm going to have to read my way through the whole film." No, but it was immensely powerful, even though you mm. couldn't understand it. So I'm thinking it's one of those ones that, by the time you get into it, maybe you forgot that it's. Yeah, some of those films. I, I think I was saying about this a couple of weeks ago about Son of Saul. Yeah. Which I watched that without any subtitles, but yes. it, it made no difference at you all. Still you could still understand on. what was what was all about, you mm. know, and it was, you know, it didn't didn't make any yeah. difference. So this used the the two devices almost of being black and white and silent. Yeah. So. I can't see that it would have worked in colour, to be honest with you. It, no, it couldn't wouldn't. have been done in any other way than in the format it. it was. It had to be black and white. Yeah. And Do you think it was... It's yeah. a Weinstein production, yeah, isn't it? it's a Weinstein who, production. Who actually directed it? Um, the director. Who was the director? I think it was... Uh, I, I'm not really sure who directed it. it. I think it was a French guy. A French boy. It wasn't yeah. one of the uh, Bon Viveurs today. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But um, I'll... I'll find it out for you yeah no no worries yeah. no, but it wasn't like okay. i was thinking it wasn't like someone you know who'd, who'd unexpected who did it because i remember a few years ago i saw a film that i thought was michael, fantastic michael hazan aviscus havan yeah use your spelling <laughs> use your spelling hey, yeah hazan aviscus here we go no i don't i don't think so I, yeah I he's french him. he's french so he probably wouldn't know that one no, no. so um you know but he obviously it was had a passion for him to, to do this film in this way yeah it must and have it obviously been. paid off because it was enor- I know it was enormously successful at the time yeah have you seen a film called The Players no no 2012 or The Search no no so I think it's French so it's just purely because I mean this is a French obviously directed yes because it crosses over because it's, cause got, it's yeah, French because he's got you know doesn't it's matter a French mm. actor in fact the, the, I think the last line of the film in this is he's he does actually say something, and he's got the most wonderful voice. He's got a really, really fabulous voice, you know. And, yeah. and at the very end of the film, he actually does say something, and it's like, you know, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you know, you could have so, you could have so nailed the talkies, you know, yeah. if he'd have, if, he'd if he the, had, yeah, if he had have done. So is it rags? Is it from riches to rags to riches again, or is it from riches to rags? And he's just, it's, yeah, it's like the uh, riches to rags and and back again. So, oh right, so yeah. he does come. He does. It yeah. has got an HEA, as they say, yeah, happily yeah, yeah. ever after at the end. Yeah, yeah, basically. Oh, we like our right. HEAs. We do like our HEAs, especially yeah. if they're black and white. <laughs> if they're black and white, yeah, they make you feel all fuzzy. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, they do indeed. Yeah, Michael Hazana Vickers. So I'm sure people maybe... Yeah, it might be worth checking out his other films as well. Then. Yeah. Because it was, I think, it's a bit far apart, but I saw a film a few years ago now that George Clooney was involved in, um, Good Night and Good Luck. And that was in black and white, and I, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was that excellent, was brilliant, yeah. so good. Maybe the another one we should properly hunts. choose. As we a, should do that. I think exception. that's got to go down. Yeah, because but it was in that because when mm. that was first mooted, this is going to be a film in black and white. Everyone's like, did what, what? Mm. And then when you see it, it absolutely works. It does. Really. The color palette, the tone of the film, the mood of the film, it it's 
it's perfect in mm. black and white and you think it wouldn't have worked as well in colour. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. You don't get the same dynamic on no. the screen and the the the, sh- the move the shadow and the movement of light on the treatment it gives of it light. atmosphere doesn't yeah. it really it gives yeah. it atmosphere it gives I mean I think if you look at a lot of those film noir stuff you know with the lighting where you just sort yeah. of see half the face and like yeah. screams and you know all those old Universal horror stuff <laughs> yeah. they just it were, works they're not the same are they and I e- recently we saw a bit of only saw a clip of it but um, the third man was on the television oh, yeah. and the bit where Harry Lyme pops up with awesome wows and he's in shadow and he's his hat and the yeah. the lights the street lights falling in these pools of white and this dark darkness yeah. it wouldn't have worked in a, with a color palette it no. had to be in those shades of gray indeed indeed I, I, to I, get that I atmosphere agree with that, yeah yeah the, one of my all-time favorite films is rebecca which oh, yeah. is black and white I, well actually lo- loads of my favorite films are black, black and, and white, white yeah but rebecca was and particularly that has the atmosphere like when mrs danvers looms up she's oh, all dressed yeah. in mrs. black danvers. and the shadow that falls across her it's at times it's and the way that yeah they tell the story with just light yeah they the do. It's it's you know it's cleverly done. Yeah. But yeah, all those black and white films are really good. They've tried to. There's been a few films they've tried to colour in, haven't they? They've. Yes. Have you ever seen any of those where they've tried a to colourise? Colour, yes. Colourise film. We, I think we've got a Christmas Carol at home, the one that had Alistair Sim. Oh right. Okay. I think that's been colourised, and I think it's a bit strange when you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I quite like um, a 1940s Errol Flynn film called The Seahawk. Yeah, I know it well. And I, but, yeah, um, I think colorized? they colourised. Yeah, I did see a colourised version. Because my that. brother's a huge Errol Flynn fan, so he's mm. got a lot of the posters, German original German film oh. posters, and the colours on those are fantastic. So yeah. you think, yeah, some of them, you think, yeah, it works. If you have, yeah, you can get away with it. But that sort of swashbuckler, the bigger the better, isn't it? It's these ones Definitely. where you want to draw the audience in and hold them tight. Indeed, it works with yeah. with black and white. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, black and white, but and, and also silent films. I mean, some some yeah. of the uh, you've got to pay a bit more films, attention. You have, you? yeah. If you've got to watch what's going on, but when you when when you were playing the intro at the beginning, if you think in those days with the silent films, they would have had a full pit orchestra to, yes. to do the music, you know. Even they, your little cinema would have had an organ, wouldn't it? Or yeah, yeah, an organ, or a little, yeah, <laughs> coming up through the floor. You see the pictures. Like I'm not that old yeah. that I remember organs yeah. coming up through the floor, but, but I'm aware of that they were there. Yeah. <laughs> I, that that would be the smaller cinemas, but I think some used to have an orchestra pit and actually, you know, they'd play the would play along. Yeah, 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 with the score. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a that was a great intro. That means do do. I like the mixture of it because yeah. you have that do 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 do, and so you know that it's going to be the jazz age. Yeah, and then you get these moods, don't you? That yeah. Yeah, and that last piece was really nice. Mm. The last last piece of music on that. We were just saying, we we're commenting how nice it was. So yeah, so yeah, so that is. I mean, it's 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 worth a watch. It's an exception it's, to yeah. rule, but you think it's worth it. So that was definitely yeah. yeah the yeah, artist. It's 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 certainly watchable. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good right, Good choice. Good choice. Thank so you. There, so we're we're nearly towards the end of our show tonight. So there we've had it. We've had the cruel sea. For you to sort of shiver in the, the shadows of the, the, the Atlantic, we've had the long and the short and the tall, where you can sweat in the jungles of, even though it's Burma. probably filmed in Wales, in the jungles of Burma. I think it was filmed on a on set really, on a sound probably, stage, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know it was filmed yeah. all indoors really. And then we've got the streets of Hollywood, is it or is it New York? What the, for the artist? Yeah, for it'd be Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, so yeah, Hollywood we can studios. just bask in the reflected glory of that golden age of we cinema. We can indeed. Yeah. So here we, we should. I think we should do some silent films as well. We'll have to. Yeah, like just to see if we can. Or 
find yeah, that, that place for it yeah. in our world. Well, you are listening to Sunshine Radio at St Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. We do hope that you will get well soon and that you will listen to your doctors and just remember that they don't make them like they used to. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>